2023, the podcast all about making work work. Um, we're speaking from Gadigal land, part of the Eora Nation, and we want to start with an acknowledgement of elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects and our gratitude for their care of this land for thousands and thousands of years. Now down to the podcast, I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall and I'm joined as always by James Hancock. Surprise, me again. <laughs> I'm right here. Oh, always a pleasure to have you here. It's nice really to great be here to with have you. you. Yeah. Now what are we going to talk about? We've got three topics, yep. two important topics and one conversation about someone doing great work. We do. What are the big topics? First topic is we're going to talk about something we work in a lot, which yep. is about benchmarks. Oh. So when we talk about culture and leadership, there's always this, um, am I better than him, her, them yep. versus is our culture any good? Is my leadership going well? Yeah. And cool. so it's always a benchmarky thing that gets in the way of really good work. I want to talk about that. Love it. Yep. Second thing, the mindset and projection. This is another one when you're working with CEOs and, and executives. The mindset and projection of your mindset onto others. And the expression is we see the world as we are, not as it is. And I think I love that. it sounds a little bit esoteric, no, but let's, let's roll with that. It makes perfect sense. I really like it. Yeah. It's a very important part of the mental health and well-being of leaders. So let's have a look at that. And the third one, we're going to talk about some good work with lollipop people. Can't wait. Sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. Okay. Right. So topic one, benchmarks in culture and leadership. So yep. for the longest time, the way that we've done this work is to say um, the score for your organization is 82. Yeah. That's the one we always use out of the Financial Services Royal Commission. Yeah. So our culture is very, very good because we are at 82% of something. Yeah. And that something is 80 and so we're winning. We're winning. Yes. We're better. Yes. Yeah. And our leaders are at 83. Wow. So they're, they're even better than the rest of the organization. <laughs> even better than the organization. Yeah. yeah. And so how do we compare to XYZ becomes the conversation. Yeah. And so when we talk about like... We don't come at this from a scoring competitive basis. We come from a deep understanding perspective and measuring system. And that's very, very different. And so when we think about the context that we're in, we have to think about everything that we've got in our plate. So if we want to understand culture, we've got to say, what is our context? And you have to dig deep and appreciate you've got strengths, opportunities, possibilities, even when you're great. Like we do work with some phenomenally successful Yep. and phenomenally strong organizations that are really setting an agenda of a whole industry, perhaps a whole country. Yep. And so they are absolutely owning a unique context. And then they get deep on who's here with me, what can I offer, and what's my unique offer to the situation as the leader or the CEO, and then who's around me and what can they mm. offer and am I making space for them. So to understand culture, you've got to understand how everybody mm. comes into it so when we look at culture, we look at literally thousands of data points. We mm. just did one this week. Yep. Um, I looked at that this morning. It was 12,500 data points. With that experience, Rhonda, where we're talking to all like some really progressive organizations in whatever field they're in, how many of them are sitting there all day long looking at comparisons to others? It, none. And this yeah, is the thing. Yeah, that's the point. I, I was hoping, <laughs> I thought I had the answer, but I really wanted to hear it because I think it's pretty cool to hear that it's so true so if you get into like an elite sports team or you know we're racing team whatever it happens yep. to be yep. they'll they'll want to win on a particular event like yeah. track game whatever it happens to be absolutely but outside of that their organization is what what are we what are we that's unique yep. what could we be what are we now what do we want to be what yep. could we be what options have we got so they're really stepping up to be something quite unique 
And what we've found, this is where this conversation comes mm. from, doesn't it? It's when we first sit down with someone in the culture information, yeah. we know from their very first response or question what they're going to do with it. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so with that, what do the great people that are in those progressive organizations, what's their response? And then what is it like if it's, you know, more run of the mill or right. average, I guess. So in a great organization, yeah. their, their response to getting really insightful data, a full system picture, deep yeah. understanding of all sorts of angles, things they've never thought about is they go, wow, that is insight and information. Even if it's not good news, Yep. It's insight and information I never knew or expected. I'm totally open for it. Let me. Can I ask you some more? They instantly want to know more. They want to ask, go deeper, go more. Yeah. So there's like a curiosity. Uh, there's something rich in observations and patterns and data opposed to are we a bit better or a bit different to someone else? Yeah, they What's the benchmark? Care. They're yeah. already in front most of the time. Yep. And the others? The other alternative is the people that go, oh, they can't be right. I had all these assumptions because I know everything and and I already knew them and you're telling me what you're telling me is challenging me or it's not exactly what I thought, so you must be wrong. So don't mess with my worldview. Right. And and if you're going to mess with my worldview, then just tell me I'm better than someone else unrelated to my context. Got it. I just need to feel a bit better. I just need to feel a bit better. It's actually about how I feel about the data as opposed to whether I can actually use it. So in the first option, you're absolutely right. They sort of... um, they come into it saying, what is there to see? What do I need to know? Yeah. What can I do? And they're curious. They're interested. They're challenging themselves. They, it doesn't matter how good they are. They want to be better. It's a whole mindset around that. Absolutely. It's actually pretty cool. And they don't see, to your point earlier, they don't mm. see culture as competition. Yeah. It's about being the very best you can be in your context. And if you have lucked it in with a great context, yeah. good industry, good market, good year, whatever it happened, good players, good, good driver, whatever it happens to be, own it. Do even more with it than you did last year when you didn't have some luck going your way. Yeah. So it's really that sort of first piece of it. And that brings us that to That is our... a great segue because <laughs> you said, I mean, you said the word mindset and the next topic is all about mindset. <laughs> that was good. And the second topic yeah. I want to talk about is one that we actually go deep in quite a lot. And it's about mindset and projection. Yeah. And so everything we are and have experienced um, not only shapes how we are in the world, but how we receive others. And so we do come into it assuming they're thinking like us a bit if we haven't thought about it a lot. And so we assume that our view is the the same. It's actually from a quote. It's actually a really interesting background too. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, go for it. (laughs) I've heard the quote, but I I can't say I went deep on the background of the quote. So I'm interested in this. So it's actually usually attributed to Stephen Covey because he sort of morphed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The sort of psychologist from, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. And he said, we see the world not as it is, but as we are conditioned to see it, which is slightly different than the original quote, but close. Yeah. But it means a bit similar. Yeah. And the first quote was, we see the world as not as it is, but as we are. And that was Anais Nin, who mm. is actually an author from the 1958 novel, Seduction of Minotaur. Wow. <laughs> that is slightly obscure, but like pretty <laughs> totally, cool. Totally obscure. And now that she's been sort of fashioned for the internet and, and on social media, and people have picked up these quotes that she's done, which are actually very clever writing. Mm. Um, it's actually, she's become a bit of a, people assume she's a philosopher, but she's actually a writer. So let's just take some examples mm. because this is one where if someone's sort of, you've got this person near you, yep. and imagine you're leading someone who is constantly suspicious, doesn't trust easily, they look at everything you say and do through that lens. They're defending themselves, avoiding being the victim again, or sometimes if they're so used to being the victim, they're just deciding to be the victim again. So they assume you're going to make them the victim because that's all they know. Yeah. 
so they want their what they want their worldview to come true or yeah. be self-fulfilling or in yeah. some way shape or form they don't know another worldview this is how the world is you tired yeah i'm tired for <laughs> that's tiring hey just <laughs> hearing that tiring. that is a tiring, is quite tiring. Yeah. another one would be if you've had someone who's never led and yep. so if you've had someone who's never led um and we find this with leaders when they're leading someone who's never been a leader before that person will criticize the leader, the organization, the teams, the colleagues, everyone, because that's the life they know. They are a critiquer, a feedbacker, never a person who can do anything with feedback. And yeah. so they just constantly criticize. And that's yeah. really tough. That's exhausting. Yep. Yeah. And their self-talk on that is probably like, I'm a great leader giving feedback to people opposed to you're yeah. not a leader because... If I was a leader, about, I would be great. I would do this. But, you know. <laughs> There's actually a quote in Pride and Prejudice on that. Yeah. Had I, had I learned, I would be proficient. But of course, they didn't learn, they didn't so they learn. weren't. <laughs> Got it. Is there anything you see in that? Because I think that pattern comes, like, and people will have heard this from me, but from you too, is like, you you know, if you're in a, what was called a support function or an enabling function, hmm. by design, teams are often smaller than, say, frontline yep. jobs. Yep. And so you can't, you're often asked to help leaders, but you've never been one yourself. Right. So I have a real reflection on that, which, right. as you know, is get out there and do a frontline job if you yes. want to come back to a function. Yes. But yes. Um, there's something interesting. In and that. we do say, anyone coming to this team, we say go away and lead something Yeah. for a while. Because once you can lead it, then you can start talking to other people about what they're doing. But if you haven't done it, you can't really feel that rawness, the, yeah. the confidence, the courage it takes, the doubt. I mean, all the things that Everything. go into that. Yeah. So the psychological expression is it's projection. It's taking these emotions that I don't want to own myself. They're actually part of who I am. Yeah. And I'm just going to project them onto you. I'm just going to make it yeah. a part of you. Now, we always, you often hear people talking about it as transference. Yeah. But transference yeah. is actually just transferring it across to your counsellor or your psychologist, whoever you're working with. But it's actually technically projection. Just mm. because I, I feel like a victim. Therefore, you're treating me as a victim. I feel you're not grateful for me. Therefore, you're not a grateful person. Got it. But yep. it's sort of that, that projection out. So when we're talking about projection, it's is people who don't own their emotions or want mm. to own them or understand themselves and instead assuming other people are like they are. And so they project it out to them. So first advice, you're talking or leading with someone or mm. hanging out with someone who, let's start with yourself first. So what our advice, your advice, my advice, mm. when you're yourself not owning your own emotions or your own experience... What should you do? Oh my gosh, this one is so important and so rich, right? Because everyone listening will have had at least one of those experiences and probably all of them and may even see themselves in some of those, I think. Yes. Which is I'm sure. going to hit hard, I think, but good. Um, I think number one would be the fact that, and we talk about this a lot, but it's important to have in here, I think we've got it, is um, that you're leading not just for yourself, it's for others. Yeah. And you actually need to go to that. So actually understanding that these are the things that come up is a pretty good start. Yeah. So knowing that, hey, someone projects things. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. What do you do with it from there though? That one is hard. You actually see them. Yeah. So you actually yeah, that's don't, good. don't assume they think like you, act like you've got your emotions. Just try and see them. Try and see their experience. Try and see what they've been through. Try and see the words they use, the patterns they use. So you're constantly looking at what they've done. Yeah. And sort of really genuinely going, okay, I can see you now, so I'm not going to assume. If you are the person who's not owning your emotions, then absolutely mm. get up there and understand yourself. Because yeah. <laughs> your expression, which I always quote and love, which is before you lead others, you have to lead yourself. Mm. So when you've got a deeper understanding of what's going on in your own head or how you're approaching the world, you can yeah. actually be much more receptive to other people. Yeah. Openness, right yeah. way to put it. 
bit like the curiosity we talked about with culture. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then the last piece of that is if you're leading someone who's got that mindset, don't let it inside your head. Yeah. I reckon that one's <laughs> so big. I think that could be like, I said it at the start when you mentioned it, it was like, ah, oh, my energy's being drained out of my body or like I'm tired because that's the feeling, right, that you have and you've got to try and find a way through that. Imagine if everyone was bringing that yeah. sort of energy. And if I come huge. at the world thinking everyone's a bad person, so I assume you are and project that out to you, then you start to go, am I a bad person? I'm trying to be a good person. Maybe I am. A... And it, yeah. it sort of it's sucks hap- It's happening so. again. Like, right. what is that? Yeah, the pattern. So, so how do you lead someone whose mindset they don't own so they're not appreciating who they are and they're projecting it out to you and really messing with you? Yeah. Openness best intent always do the right thing thing for them and by them and a fairness the same fairness you show everybody else yeah but don't let them inside your head yeah yep. <laughs> leave them with their stuff to own yeah that's good, that's that good. Bring- <laughs> it's still hard it's still hard but it is good and it's, it's right. always it's yeah. always a hard one it is the one where you see leaders really messed up with their own understanding of themselves as they've absorbed stuff from other people they just need yep. to see other people but not absorb them in um, the third one, lollipop people. Oh, so we wanted, so we want, like, as we always do, we got the two big topics that we're facing and yeah. thinking about and seeing in all of our work. This one actually did come from our work because yeah. we've been driving all around Sydney, really, yep. working with ama- amazing organizations. We have had a really crazy couple of weeks. Like north, south, wild. west, east to a degree, but north, south, <laughs> north, south, west, let's go with that. And I have had amazing experiences with lollipop people. I think that's what you call them. Like outside of schools? Outside of schools where the crossing is, they come out and they walk out and they put their arm out and they hold the little They're probably all volunteers stop signs. too, Volunteers they? or like part-time pay, like people do, you know, an hour, yeah. hour or two before and after. And they're just beams of energy and I think they need a call out. I That's about that. all I had. Can I add another one? Yes, you can. We've got this woman. No, you our... can't. No, of course, <laughs> you should. We've got this woman in our local supermarket. I won't say the name because I don't want to get her in yeah, trouble. Yeah, good, good. But she is obsessed about quality service i don't think she understands that she's working for a giant company she's just all about every single customer in front of her and the other day i was in there and i bought some broccoli and she um broccoli depending on where you come from and she said oh you've got long stalks do you know you're paying for the stalk and i said look i'm okay with it she goes i'll get you another one she races out from behind goes back and buys me a really woolly piece of grabs me a piece of woolly broccoli with a very short stalk right just this one's much better price like better value and I thought, wow that's actually pretty amazing and i know that every time we go to that supermarket i literally look for her not because i'm going to buy broccoli with short stalks but anytime no, you don't want to you don't want to pay for too much stalk <laughs> i mean it's a real problem we're facing it costs a living and but the fact that in a job like that which is pretty arduous and usually yep. got people who are pretty grumpy at you most time most retail jobs are tough yeah, absolutely. there's this woman who's genuinely caring about what's going on in the world and to her customers and absolutely giving a damn which is just wonderful to see we literally queue up for that checker i just love them yeah you go back for that Makes i do go difference. back for that Makes and if you difference. can get your team and your culture to be thinking like that that's pretty cool yeah now scale scale yeah Imagine if you get everyone like that, how cool that would be. Yeah. Then you go back to your diet, first conversation. Your, your broccoli sales numbers look a little worse. <laughs> and you know, yeah, whatever. But, but a lot of other good things happen. Happy happening. customers, yeah, coming back. Love it. Thank you. Well, that's all from us this week. Thank you so much for listening. And keep listening to yourself, to other people, to each other, and to your own intuition. Thank you. Thank you.